Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page. Leave your comments or questions there as well. It's facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com if you'd prefer to give us your feedback that way. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. And a special thanks to Minnie Cano for the great review that you left for us on iTunes. We appreciate it. Well, joining me once again on the podcast is my brother from another mother, Tim Donnelly. hey What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good. Good to have you again. Great to be back. Always a pleasure to have you to discuss another fine film. Oh, yeah. I'm especially looking forward to this one. Great classic comedy from the 80s. Absolutely. We talked about doing a podcast for this movie a while back. Yeah, we did. It's a while in the working. And then it it, uh, magically was superseded by Rocky Balboa. (laughs) Right. Rocky beat Rodney in a fight. Well, it was uh, because Creed came out, and we we wanted to talk about Rocky Balboa to coincide with the release of Creed. Right, right, right. We're going to talk about one of three... Rodney Dangerfield movies that yeah. I think is worthwhile. The Holy Trinity. There's the three, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's Easy Money. Right. There's Caddyshack. Caddyshack. And of course... Back to School. Yes, indeed. Released June 13th, 1986. Holy shit, 30 years 30. old. Stop it. Another great movie that's oh, turning 30. Wow. Soon, anyway. Yeah. Directed by Alan Metter. The story for the movie was written by Rodney... Uh, right. Also, Greg Fields and Dennis Snee. Screenplay by Stephen Katman, William Porter, Peter Torekvay, and Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Ah, moment of silence. The late, great Harold Ramis. Yeah. In fact, in the original script, Rodney's character was supposed to be poor. Yes, that's right. And it was Harold Ramis that said they should make him rich. Ramis suggested it. Yeah, and that's, good call. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, this movie would not be nearly as good if, if it wasn't like Rodney throwing money around. Hey, oh, Shakespeare for everyone. Right. That's that's it's essential amazing. to the plot, that yeah. he's kind of this, this rich guy who throws his money around. Rodney Dangerfield is the star of the movie. And, yes. And really, as far as I, I'm concerned, this is his best movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would say either this or Caddyshack. Maybe give this an edge over Caddyshack because Caddyshack has multiple stars right. in the movie. But this, you know, he carries this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's definitely more of a supporting guy in Caddyshack. This sure. is definitely a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yes. And you know what's kind of amazing, too, is that, you know, I mentioned all the people that were involved in the screenplay. But there's a lot of lines in this movie that sound like things he would have written. Sure. I don't doubt it. Or maybe we're improved on the spot. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, maybe the way the writing credit works is that you have to do a certain amount in order to get credit. I'm not yeah, sure. Who you knows? Know? Yeah, I'm not sure either. He was nominated for an American Comedy Award for his performance in okay. this as well. Deservedly so. so. Yeah. Very funny. Sally Kellerman, Burt Young. Uh, this might be the only other thing I've seen Burt Young Burt in, Young in. <laughs> besides the Rocky movies. Yeah. Uh, he's done, a, I'm sure he's done other stuff. Yeah, right? he's been in other stuff. I've seen him TV, in other stuff. TV, maybe? Uh, he's done some TV, and he's done bit part, you know, character acting in some other movies. Yeah. He's out there. He's still alive and well. Yeah, still alive. He's, he's kicking. He's painting now. Did he paint the painting in Rocky Balboa? The paintings in Rocky Balboa were actually Burt Young originals. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, and you can actually buy his artwork. You know, he's online. You can nice. find him on Facebook and all kinds of stuff. But nice. yeah, so he's still around. Keith Gordon, who the only other thing I remember seeing him in was Christine. Christine, yeah. yeah as uh, as the dorky guy that buys the car. Right, and gets possessed. Yeah, a young Robert Downey Jr. Very young Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> this might have been 
and you can fact check me on this, this might have been the year that he got Saturday Night Live. I believe he was actually a cast member, yes, okay. of Saturday Night Live. His first and this. only year as a cast member on SNL. Yeah, yep. and wasn't he on the same year as Anthony Michael Hall? I think so, yeah. Which is also interesting because they work together in right. Weird Science. In Weird so. Science, right. Ned Beatty, always right. great. M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah, <laughs> the, the diving coach. The great 80s bad guy, William Zabka. Billy we Zabka. <laughs> we've, ta- we've talked about on the Karate yeah. Kid podcast. Talk about the, uh, the Holy Trinity. This is his <laughs> third bad guy role in a string of 80s classics. You got Johnny Lawrence, Karate Kid 1984, Greg Tolan in Just One of the Guys 1985, and of course, Chaz Osborne in Back to School 1986. There you go. And uh, the beautiful Terry Farrell. Yes, as the love interest. She's like uh, probably two or three inches taller than Keith than Gordon. Than Keith Gordon, yeah. <laughs> and they don't make any attempt to hide that Not in the movie. All. Not no. at all. Valerie Desmond. <laughs> yep. $11 million budget. It grossed $91.2 million and then another $42 million in rentals. Yeah, so, respectable. Yeah, this was, uh, I would imagine, Rodney's most successful movie. Now, I always ask you when we do these these podcasts, did you see Back to School in the theaters? I did. Me too. You know, this was a great time to be a teenager. Yeah. You know, especially if you were a teenager that just started driving and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, this is where me being a couple years older than you comes right. in a little bit sometimes. I had, you know, a group of friends that I worked with at one of my first jobs and it wasn't uncommon for us to all get together and go see a movie. Sure. This was one of the movies I remember seeing. It was like this, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. But I think th- the reason I remember this and Ferris Bueller is because they both had Twist and Shout. Okay. Which was very interesting because they both came out around the same time. Right. And for them to both have Twist and Shout was Different very versions of Twist and very, Shout. Very, very different, different versions. Yes. Yeah. This version is hilarious. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield singing is always funny. Yeah, I remember the the video for this on yeah. MTV, the yeah. back-to-school version of Twist and Shout. Very funny. Yeah, it's good stuff. So let's talk about the music in the movie really quick. All right. Uh, there's a couple of sort of cool footnotes. So mm-hmm. before we started recording, you know, we were talking a little bit about the title track. Right. I was singing it on the way down yeah. the stairs to your studio. I kid you not. When I knew I was going to be watching this again mm-hmm. to prepare for the podcast, in my head, it started going. That is one thing that we've talked about on the podcast before. 80s movies always had cool music. Killer soundtracks. Dude. They always had Killer music associated. Nowadays, I don't feel like they do that as much. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Or, or maybe I'm just because I'm so old now. Yeah, maybe. I'm not as attuned to it. That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, I think... I mean, I I owned the Karate Kid soundtrack on cassette, Nice. I had the soundtrack on cassette. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I never probably would have imagined myself buying the soundtrack to a movie like this. Sure. Because there wasn't like the, you know, the big hit in it or whatever. Right. Really no big hits. Uh, I mean... Unless you count respect. Yeah, but that's not a contemporary hit. Right. And it's not really, the movie's not centered around that. No, no, not at all. But I think definitely the title track, every time I watch this movie, when that song comes on, when they're they're taking the limo up to the college. Lou, pack our bags. We're going up to that college to see my son. Yeah. And then the music kicks in. Yeah. And it brings you right there. It's a great tune, dude. It is. a great tune. And who performs that song? Jude Cole. A great singer-songwriter who had, um, I don't know if it was a a major hit or a minor hit, in the early 1990s, kind of a a, a ballady song called Mm -hmm. Tell the Truth. Okay, I'm familiar with a different song by Jude Cole that I used to play when I worked at Z95 in Charlottesville um, called Baby It's Tonight. Baby It's Tonight. Yeah. I think I know that song, too. Okay, very good song. A fun fact about Jude Cole. Yes, please. He was college roommates with Kiefer Sutherland. Stop it. Nope. 
In fact, wow. I think Kiefer Sutherland helped him finance some of his early music stuff. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I know I, I saw on his Wikipedia page that he's worked with Kiefer Sutherland on some things. That would make sense. Over the past few years or so. Yeah. And Jude Cole has even, I, I forget if he co-wrote or co-produced some things with the band Lifehouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great song. Yeah, it, is. it great, really great, is a great, great song. It really is. And you hear it again at the end of the movie as the as the end credits play. Uh, the end credits begin with Aretha Franklin's right. Respect, which fades into okay. Back to School, Makes which sense. plays out to the end of the credits. Okay. I just okay. love the song. Yeah, it's really, it's a fun, like, you know, up-tempo 80s yeah, track. Yeah, kind of 80s pop rock Absolutely. song. Great it's, stuff. It's something that would have fit perfectly on a Richard Marks album. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. No, absolutely, I, I'm dude. I'm a huge Richard Marks fan. I'm a fan. big Richard Marks fan. I'm going yeah. to see him next month. Oh, cool. Another song that uh, has a prominent little spot in the movie comes later on when mm-hmm. they go to the fraternity party. Right, the party in the dorm. And playing on the turntable, no less. <laughs> Turntables. Is a song by Michael Bolton, of all yes. people, called Everybody's Crazy. Everybody's Crazy. Now, this is a song, it was a title track of, of an actual Michael Bolton album when he was a rock guy. I mean, right. he had, I think, two, I think just two albums. Okay. Where he was kind of like a hard rock guy. Right. Sort of like Journey-esque. Okay. Um, that, that song, Fool's Game? Fool's Game. That was, was that from his also- debut. The name of the album that it was on? Actually, or no? it was a self-titled album. Okay. Just the, called Michael Bolton. I remember the video for that. We're yeah. old enough to remember when MTV actually played videos. Yeah. MTV is going to be 35 in August. Isn't Stop. that fun? Moving on. <laughs> so um, Moving on. I don't need to know this. Isn't that uh, amazing? The hard rock Michael Bolton didn't last song. And then, of course, he went on to great success as a, a balladeer. Yes, he did. <laughs> and, and has polarized people ever since. <laughs> yeah, he has. The interesting thing about the song, Everybody's Crazy, the lead guitar player on that track is none other than Bruce Kulick, who was in a group with him prior to him being a solo artist called right. Blackjack. Okay. And so they have a history together. In fact, that's how Michael Bolton came about to co-write Forever for Kiss with oh, wow. Stanley. But yeah, so Bruce Kulick is the lead guitar player, and he played in Kiss for 12 years in the 80s and early 90s. Pretty cool. Pretty- and, and it's cool because the guitar solo is featured in the movie. Okay. It's kind of neat that like that part of the song is what plays. So, And he did a lot of um, guitar work on the two Michael Bolton records that were more rock-oriented. It's good stuff, man. No, this is why you tune into the podcast. I hope these, so. These interesting little factoids. I know at least it's one person that's going to enjoy that one. <laughs> I'm mean, talking to you, Blazer. <laughs> I was gonna, you mean besides you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, in continuing with the music theme, mm-hmm. another big scene in the movie, of course, is the big blowout that Thornton Mellon throws in the dorm room with a cameo from the band Oingo Boingo. Campus security comes and brings the beer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later because there's an interesting uh, little fact about the beer and why they had to have a specific kind of beer. I totally know where you're going we'll with this, talk, but talk we'll, about get this later. we'll get to that a little bit. We'll get to it later. And the other thing, too, Danny Elfman, lead singer of Oingo Boingo, yeah. actually scores the movie, too. Yes. His scoring is featured predominantly in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a big montage of the movie opens with Thornton Mellon as a child, played right. by Jason Hervey. Mm-hmm. He goes to his dad's tailor shop. Right. Shows him the report card. Bad what report kind of card. marks is this? Right. <laughs> Are you going to go to college with grades like this? <laughs> so <laughs> he does the thing with the collar like Rodney would do. So, um, and then the montage of him growing up. Right. And you see through the montage how he becomes successful, scored right. to Danny Elfman's music. Right. And there's a picture in that opening montage uh-huh. showing Rodney Dangerfield golfing. Right. Which is taken directly from Caddyshack. Directly from Caddyshack. Which is very funny. This is another one of those great 80s movies with a million and one awesome one-liners. Yes. Rodney's the king of those anyway. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite lines after the fight in the bar with the football team, mm-hmm. his son says to him, did you have to take on the whole football team? 
<laughs> and Rodney says, oh, that football team, they're not so tough. The football team in my school, they were tough. After they sacked their quarterback, they went after his, his family. family. <laughs> Great stuff. That's got to be something that Dangerfield wrote. It's right? got to be. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, that, and then there's a line where he says, this college is beautiful. It's everything I pictured when I used to dream about going to college. When did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. Right. <laughs> you know, like that That sounds something right out of his... You're so his, natural. Yeah. So natural. One of the things about Rodney that people don't even realize or appreciate probably is how great of a stand-up comic he was. Yeah. You and I probably grew up watching a lot of those HBO specials where he it was like the Young Comedian specials. Right. Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian special from Dangerfield's Comedy Club in New York City. Rodney worked as a stand-up comic. On those specials, he was sort of the MC, but he, he still would do stand-up every once in a while, sure. even after his movie career was so successful. And I can't remember who it was, but I, I was listening to a podcast with another comic recently, and they were talking about how they saw Rodney. They, they were so uh, in awe of his work ethic because mm-hmm. they saw him go up unannounced somewhere, trying out some new material, and he kind of like, you know, got a, whatever kind of response he got, he mm-hmm. got, came back a couple weeks later with the same jokes, right. tightened up. Got a bigger laugh. And killed it. Yeah. yeah. So the point being that like, he always was working on his craft, even later on in his life. And right. I think that's awesome Yeah, you hear stuff like that. So anyway. He could have rested on his laurels, exactly. but, but he didn't. He could have done the same, you know, hey, no respect. Hey, you know, I'm all right now, but last week I was on rough shape. You know, that right, kind of stuff. Right, right. He, he probably could have coasted on that for right. the rest of his career. Exactly. But he was always coming up. I mean, you know, most of his material when he did stand-up was probably similar kind of stuff like that. Sure. But he still would work a joke and... and Refine it. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. One of the other things uh, very cool that I heard about Rodney Dangerfield is that he was a big fan of introducing and supporting new young comedians, mm-hmm. uh, as evidenced by the Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian special. I mean, like, like you said before, we're old enough to remember watching those on HBO. That was the first time on one of his comedy specials. I think that was the first time I ever saw Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. uh, Yakov Smirnoff, Bob Saget, mm-hmm. Sam Kinison. Sam who, Kinison's who, a big who, one. Who we're going to talk about in a couple yeah. of minutes. Andrew Dice Clay, mm-hmm. I saw for the first time on one of Rodney's yep. specials. And uh, Bob Nelson, got my helmet yep. and my shoulder, my pads. Yep. I remember all those guys on Me Rodney's too. show. You can actually get the uh, DVDs of all those specials. They're, they're really? real on Amazon. I have them, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, it's fun to, to go back and watch it, especially when you see the guys that, that went on to become huge superstars. Yeah. Tim Allen, too, I think, right? Yeah, probably Roseanne Barr. And Roseanne yeah, Barr, I mean, you sure. name it, they all, you know, Rodney probably helped them all. Yeah. And that was what, one, of his, one of the things about his reputation Mm-hmm. was that he he had a reputation for being very supportive and very giving right. toward other comics. And oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you it makes me love him even more. I, I would have to think that it's probably because of the way he came up. I mean, he started very young, mm-hmm. writing jokes and stuff, and he probably saw people getting shit on. And, you know, maybe he just wanted to pay it forward. Talk about Sam Kinison getting a, his first big stand-up break through Rodney. Yeah. This movie was probably a huge boost for him. Let's uh, let, let's talk about that. Absolutely. That, that sequence. One of the most famous uh, scenes in the movie. Yeah, Sam Kinison, of course, plays uh, Professor Turgeson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's really committed. In fact, I think he was. <laughs> exactly. I think originally he wasn't the first person that they were talking about to play the role in this movie. No, uh, Jim Carrey was, believe it or not, was the first person considered. Talk about another guy when he first started out was a great stand-up. Yeah. They thought he was too young to play the professor. Right, right. You know, Sam definitely had a a certain look about him. Yeah. Really uh, a major loss to the comic world. Big time. He was awesome. I loved Sam Kinison. I'll never forget his routine the first time I saw him on Rodney Dangerfield about uh, you Ethiopia. Know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a classic. Gotta that go, one you can look go up with a photo. 
Yeah, I'm sure you can look that one up on YouTube also. Yeah. When he did that spot on the uh, the comedy special on mm-hmm. HBO, yeah. it was huge. Oh, big time. I mean, you want to talk about igniting a fire in right? somebody's career? I'd never seen never anything like that before. I'd yeah. never heard anything like that no. before. I'd never seen anything like him before. It was before. amazing. Oh, it was, it was great. It was incredible. We talk about a tornado. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Kinison's story is a pretty cool one, too. Yeah. So apparently when they were filming the scene, though, Rodney's laughing when he's... Uh... <laughs> if you look closely, you yeah. can see Rodney Dangerfield's laughing. If yeah, you look... I can imagine. Yeah, it's got to be hard to keep a straight face when you got Sam Kinison, you know, right up in your yeah, grill in like your that. face doing yeah. that. <laughs> and they got to do multiple takes from multiple angles. So, yeah, he's yelling right in Rodney's yeah. face multiple times. I'd probably lose it, too. All right, so he decides that he's going to go back to school. Okay. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, go to the university to help his son, Jason. Good name. Get, you know, get his, his act together. He wants to, you know, his son wants to quit school and he said, don't quit. I'll come here. I'll help you. We'll right. do it together. We'll do it together. A great premise for a movie. I right. Mean, <laughs> it's really funny. Thornton Mellon, the world's oldest living freshman. <laughs> so he's in the English class mm-hmm. and his professor is played by Sally Kellerman. Sally Kellerman. And of course he's smitten with her right, right. away. And another great exchange is when uh, he waits for her after the first class and yes. he's trying to ask her out on a date. Right. And, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I have class that night. Perhaps you can call me sometime when you have no class. (laughs) (laughs) And he just delivers the line so earnestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of great exchanges between those two characters in the movie. So the house that Diane lives in, Sally Kellerman's character. Right, we've seen that house before, Yes, yes, it was actually uh, the Doyle house where Jamie Lee Curtis babysat in Halloween. The horror classic. And speaking of places that we've seen before... Mm-hmm. Toward the end of the movie, when Thornton is taking his three-hour oral exams, uh, he takes those exams in the same room as uh, Alex Owens uh, does her dance audition in Flashdance. Yep. The same room. Alex Owens, of course, played by Jennifer Beals, although I don't think played by Jennifer Beals in that dance sequence. No, definitely not. <laughs> you can pretty, definitely not. You can pretty much see that it's not her. Wouldn't it be funny if Rodney Dangerfield did a dance like that? <laughs> <laughs> So most of the outdoor scenes at the college were shot on location at the University of Mm Wisconsin-Madison. So um, there is no Grand Lakes University? There is, sadly, no, there is no Grand (laughs) Lakes University. Home of the Hooters? Home of the Hooters! (laughs) So why do you think it was a diving team that was featured in this movie? Do we know? My only guess is that they really wanted to feature Rodney Dangerfield doing the Triple Lindy in the movie. And 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 the whole thing kind of... You know, climaxes with that. Right, with the triple Lindy, uh, which is cool because in the movie Rodney Dangerfield, he gives a shout out to Atlantic City. Right. In our home state, he talks, yeah, I used to dive off the off the Steel Pier in right. Atlantic City. Steel Pier is still there right. in Atlantic <laughs> City, so so that was kind of cool. But uh, didn't Rodney Dangerfield, wasn't he a, a diver? Yes, he was a trick diver. So I'm wondering if he requested that be a part of the plot. May- there you go. Yeah. Maybe that's why. It's so funny because when you're watching him do the triple Lindy, mm-hmm. it's so obvious. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, of course. Of course. But it's so obvious that it's not him that doing the dive. Him, and I right. love the, 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 the shots that they take of him during the dive. Yes. The cutaway shots. The cutaway shots it's, of him close up making yeah. faces yeah. and bouncing up and down. So funny. That's good stuff. The triple Lindy. <laughs> the triple Lindy. 
So there's also a menu item at the restaurant Moe's Southwest Grill called the Triple Lindy. That's right. The time too. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't really know what Moe's has anything to do with uh, Back to School. I have no stinking clue. <laughs> we mentioned earlier about the beer in the movie. Right. We're talking about Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo. They play the party and campus security shows up and uh, Professor Babe is relieved that finally someone with good taste has come to stop the party mm-hmm. and it turns out that the campus cops are bringing beer. Right. And what kind of beer are they bringing? They're bringing light beer and Miller beer. Miller. Miller and Miller Light. Right. Contractually obligated to bring Miller and Miller Light. Talk about being old enough to remember. Remember those uh, those Miller beer commercials with the celebrities and Rodney Dangerfield and the athletes and the whole less filling, tastes great, less yep. filling, tastes great. Remember that stuff? Some of the greatest ads ever. You talk about all the ads that come out for the Super Bowl now. Everybody right. looks forward to them. These were, these were huge, these ads. Yeah. And again, you can look them up on YouTube. Uh-huh. One that always comes to mind, because you and I, you know, we like to go bowling yes. occasionally. The bo- <laughs> <laughs> there's, one, there's a bowling one where yep. they're like, one pin, Rodney. One pin, Rodney. So so Rodney Dangerfield goes to bowl. Mm-hmm. It's a full rack of pins. Mm-hmm. He rolls the ball. It hits the head pin. Bounces off bounces the head, off bit, goes into, into the, the gutter, gutter. Yeah. and they don't get the and they don't get yep. the win, and that's you know that's what and it was always something like that happening to Rodney in the commercials. Very funny stuff. Yeah, so Rodney was under contract to not be able to drink other brands of beer on camera. Right. So anytime Rodney's drinking a beer, it's either a Miller or a Miller Light. Right, right. That's something to look for next time you watch the movie. Yep. So let's talk about some of the other funny moments with Rodney and some of the other people in the movie. Yes, he's such a regular guy. Yeah. You know, he's worked hard for every penny he mm-hmm. has. He still has a great everyman quality yeah. to him. You know, he's a guy that you could you could hang out with, you sure. know, and, and party with. Right. But the poor guy in his own house, he can't get a beer. Right. No cerveza. <laughs> Mrs. Meloni gave his strict orders. No cerveza. My own house, I can't get a beer. So he gets the beer, and then he goes up to the, uh, the food table, mm-hmm. and he takes the big loaf of bread, right. he cuts it in half, and he starts making a sandwich out of all the hors d'oeuvres. Right. It's like meatballs, something else, and deviled eggs, right. all in the sandwich. What is that? I learned this in Europe. Or yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. He has the guy hold yeah, it so he can cut it. Put your hand here. I learned this in Europe. So then he goes out to the patio by the pool, Yeah. and he's eating his sandwich. He doesn't want to be bothered with, no. uh, with his wife, he, who he can't he's stand. He's friends who just, they come here for free drinks, free food, and they suck up to you for donations. Right, exactly. <laughs> so he's just sitting there just trying to eat his sandwich in peace, have his beer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not bothering anybody. And then his wife, played by Adrian Barbeau. Yes, Comes over and she's like trying to make an impression on this older couple. Millicent, you look lovely. Isn't that a lovely shade of green, Thornton? Yeah. That dress had pockets. You'd look like a pool table. (laughs) (laughs) You should try my tall and fat stores. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just livid. Before that, when he goes into the house to get a beer, he opens the fridge, he gets a beer, and he hears his wife Fooling around with with some guy yeah. at the party, uh, Mr. Mellon. We were just looking for uh, for some cocktail napkins. Yeah, where under her dress? Then <laughs> <laughs> he then goes into the other room, and there's this like this this artsy fartsy guy looking at a, a painting by Gustav Klimt, and he goes, uh, "Mr. Mellon, your wife was just showing us her Klimt. Oh, you too, huh? She's been showing it to everybody." <laughs> She's um, very proud of it. Yeah, I'm proud of mine. I'm going to go waving it around at parties. <laughs> and then after the party, she's going to threaten him with divorce. Yes. Because he, he embarrassed her in front of right. her friends, right? I love that he already <laughs> has the divorce papers drawn. He just reaches into his coat right. pocket. He goes, yeah, I, th- I, th- I knew we had something in common. Here, Here sign, sign these. these. <laughs> and then she's, she's like, oh, no, it's going to cost you plenty. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, you want to talk about that? Okay. Right. And he pulls out a stack of Polaroids. Right. Let's, and, talk, let's talk about class for a second. Is you, you and Georgia in a you and Georgia in a rumpus room. Hey, this one I can't. Can't figure out. There's you. There's Giorgio. 
what's with the midget in here? <laughs> and then she goes to walk away and he goes, no, wait, there's more. <laughs> Ah, oh, he's so good. So funny. So, so great. Funny. And then after that, and one of my, this might be uh, one of my top three favorite lines in the movie. He dives in a pool and he says to Lou, uh, he goes, uh, Lou goes, what happened in there? And Thornton says, I just got rid of Vanessa. He goes, oh, I tell you, I feel like I've just been paroled. <laughs> I don't know why, man. That line kills me every time. It's just so funny. I feel like I've just been paroled. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and it's funny because there's even some funny lines from some of the other characters in the movie too yeah you know after jason has a falling out with his dad mm -hmm. you know he's kind of like mad at him because he has his homework done by nasa and all that right. kind of stuff right so uh, you know he's confronted by burt young's character mm -hmm. by lou and lou says hey you know your father loves you you should be good to him you know and, and he says well he doesn't know when to stop he goes your father's a good guy he's nice and he's tough like me i'm nice and i'm tough i'll right. give you an example one I put kid one kid, I put one of my sons through college, the other I put through I put a wall. Through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's looking out for you. Yeah. Try looking out for him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's a nice heart to the movie as yeah, well. Definitely. Uh, another another great line from the movie when they're in the college bar on campus. I, I think he says to, to the waitress, bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. Then right after that, the football player wants to kick Derek's ass for crashing the pep rally. You know, hey, Lutz, you know, I'm, uh, let's see, um, protruding super horrible ridges, <laughs> small cranium, 1300cc brain, mm, Neanderthal, Neanderthal man. <laughs> you, you call his mother. You tell her he's never coming home. Yeah. You right. sure you got, you got the, the right, right guy? guy? You know how many people have blue hair these days? <laughs> Shut up. The war's over. Get new parts for your head. Right. <laughs> oh, you want to make something of it? No, I, I never get physical. I get upset. When I get upset, he gets physical. <laughs> Luch crunches the napkin container. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You don't really think of Burt Young, you know, because you see him as Polly as right. being a tough guy, but he's very good in this movie. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's terrific. Everybody is. Yeah, and then he just levels the guy with a shot to the gut. Right? Yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of really, really funny stuff in the movie. Rodney is hitting his stride big time in this yeah. play. It's just a fun movie. It is. It's a lot of fun. You'll, uh, you'll smile from start to finish. It's got uh, a lot of funny lines, and as we said before, it's also got, uh, got heart to it. One of the things that I wanted to mention, too, at the end, right before the credits start rolling, there's this message. It says, For yeah, Estelle, Estel. thanks so much. And it's a dedication to Estelle Endler. Rodney Dangerfield's manager and one of the executive producers of the film who died during production. Okay. So, I don't want to quote every single line in the movie. Oh, but we could go on. I know. There's, we could there's go a lot on. Of great there's stuff. so many great lines to quote. And maybe we should uh, end it here. You elitist fraternity scumbag. Hey, wait a Please, minute. You're the farthest thing from it. Ah, oh, thanks, man. You nouveau riche little fleet. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> That's like uh, Zeo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. Yeah, from... Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. What would you be doing if you were not making yourself a better citizen? Brother, I appreciate you coming in. Always fun to, to do these with you. Always, always a lot of fun. And, you know, and doing these with you brings back a lot of nice memories. Absolutely. You know? I mean, the, the talking about it with you and just kind of getting to hang out with you and do what you and I normally do anyway right. is just talk about movies and laugh and have a good time but um it really brings back a lot of nice memories so thanks for having me always great to be here with you well thanks man i appreciate it and thanks to you for listening and don't forget to check us out online remember the facebook page is facebook.com slash screen facts leave your comments and questions there also you can tweet me at jason davis voice you can also email us screen facts at yahoo.com you can stream us online at wickedradionetwork.com as well and you can also check out our announcer, Kim, on her website, 
kimsvoice.com. It's kymsvoice.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.